Okay, let's let's go. Welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. I'm still your host, Robert Johnson, and in this episode, I will I will just begin uh, talking a bit by, about myself, my my training, and and uh, why I think it's important to um, to let you guys know um, what I do and how you actually can can use some of it to your own benefit. And then I will uh, talk about two tools that was hard to pronounce right after another. So the tools will be um, uh, something that I would recommend every badminton player to do. My my mission, as I've as I've said previously, I hope is just to to give some free resources to people who um, who might not have a good coach or have the opportunity to play in a big club or or um, anything like that so since there are not a lot of information on the internet about um, yeah like there's not that much sports science related stuff and therefore I have made it my mission to produce a lot of free uh, material and resources but anyway so my my training is going quite well for this time. I've um, I've been overtrained for about three months, and that was a result from me exercising way too much, which you might uh, understand from the term overtraining. But it's not it's not just training too much; it's also uh, not recovering as well as you you should between the sessions which then leads to uh, too much of a, a stress vol- volume um, in relation to how how well you recover so by constantly being under recovered you then will begin to to feel um, overtrained and for me I, I I just okay so let's back a bit. I said to myself that I'm gonna run a half marathon because um, I've always been bad at running and since I can't play badminton anymore I want a challenge. But I don't just want to run, I also want to be strong. So I said I'm gonna deadlift and squat 200 kilos before I run the half marathon or soon after anyways. And um, doing that I, I trained really hard the summer I like four to five um, sessions of endurance training and four to five strength training sessions and it went fine until I until it became really hot outside and I didn't take that into consideration because that's a lot of stress added on that uh, big amount of stress that running is so I like that was when when it just didn't work anymore and I started feeling um, like I was just gonna do my warm-up runs and like my pulse was it was insane it was like 175 180 just doing some warm-ups and uh, I was like this is what's happening and I tried to run like one kilometer one and a half and 
I was so nauseous, like I was in, um, I just had to lay down for like a couple of hours because I felt so bad and uh, when I was in the gym just doing some leg extensions, I like my legs were shaking, I had uh, delayed onset muscle soreness for like five days just doing two light sets and it was it was a mess and I'm I'm still not totally recovered but uh, it's it's getting there so what happened for like the mistake I, I did was not wanting to lose my my uh, aerobic capacity or my aerobic um, capabilities at all I, I wanted to to maintain a certain level of a certain level of aerobic fitness which led me to actually not recover as well as I um, uh, recover properly I should say so um, that is delayed the whole process of being recovered and healthy again but I got sick for just like a little something in my throat or like I felt yeah, I maybe had a fever for one day and then, then it was fine, but I, I was still a little bit sick. So I, I decided just to to not work out for a week and a half. Just recover and then when I got back I, I said, okay, so instead of doing um, some some aerobic fitness work, I'm just going to do some strength training. I'm, I'm going to work out three times a week. Uh, no, no cardio, just like walking and... Uh, and even the walking is not supposed to be hard, it's just for health. So I worked out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so I could get some good recovery. I tried to, to do uh, full body sessions, but I, uh, I realized that my upper body could actually recover quite well. It was my legs who were fried, so I, I did some light uh, legs on Monday and I was still really sore on Wednesday, so I decided, okay, I, I can't do legs three times a week, so I'm, I'm just going to do some light legs on uh, Monday and Friday. And on uh, Wednesday, it's going to be a harder upper body session. So it's, it was more a, a re rehabilitation for my upper body on Monday and Friday, and then like some more bodybuilding style on uh, Wednesday. And that has been working really well. I feel a lot better, but I've also been trying to to really reduce any amount of stress in my life, which unfortunately was caffeine. So I didn't drink a lot of caffeine, but it is a stress for the body. It, it produces the same hormones that relates to stress, which is cortisol. And I, I just wanted to, to let my body recover, be in a good state of recovery. So I also ate more than I um, needed, so to speak, just to uh, to be in, in a maintenance phase. So I ate more just to really speed up recovery. and Or not to speed up, but to ensure that I was fully recovered. And it's been working really good. So now I've, I've actually started a fourth session, session on Wednesdays. No, on uh, four sessions in one day. No, a fourth session on Saturdays, which is a really light day, just to, to get my body used to working out more. So it might be arms or some technique in, in, in boxing or yeah, something, something light. 
And uh, that's the plan. So in about a month, I'm gonna be doing some real light cardio again, just on the cross trainer, just keeping a low pulse, just getting the the heart beating just a bit, feeling how, see, uh, seeing how it feels, and I'm really excited for it. So what I what I want to Okay, why, so why, why I told this story, my English is so bad this morning. Why I told this story was just to let you know that you need to recover. It's so important that when you feel a signal that if you think that, oh, I haven't improved in a while or actually I'm, I'm doing worse because that's what I felt during the running, then you might need a deload week just to recover and then you will feel the benefits of the hard work you've been doing. Because if you have worked hard, then and you're actually decreasing in performance then that's a sign of overtraining so that's why you need to really reduce the volume and take a deload week and just uh, recover your body and mind and when you come back you're actually gonna yeah you're, you're really gonna, f- gonna feel the um the benefits because that's what's called super compensation and uh, it's where you train hard just to to a point where you actually reduce your performance and then you rest and the performance goes up again. But if you never recover, then you just go down, down, down. And when you recover, you don't even get back to baseline. So yeah, that's, that's uh, an easy explanation. But just um, rem- remember to recover and, and um, take a deload week because when we, while we're training so hard, it's, it's, you just keep going, you never take a break. So that's that's the point of this story. So anyways, today I'm going to be talking about two tools. I hate to say those two words after each other. But um, we're going to talk about smart goals and a SWOT analyst. Analy- oh, I, can't even, I can't even say that word in English. SWOT analysis. So... If we start with the goals, like how do you set up a good goal? What is a good goal? How do you even define what a good goal is? And if I say, oh, I want to improve my ranking or I want to to win um, a tournament, that's based on results. There are a lot of factors that's outside of my control because... um, like you, you might say, oh, I've, I've dropped in ranking, so I've, I've obviously gotten worse. But that's not the case because maybe you, um, like there might have been some players who haven't played for a while who used to be like top level elite and they have now started playing again or, or you had some, um, yeah, like they have, played a lot of more tournaments than you, just getting points, then it, it doesn't really mean that you've gotten worse, it's just that you haven't gotten that many points. And if we were to speak about tournaments, then um, winning, like, if you define how good you are on how much you win, like, it's, um, sometimes you're going to win a tournament because of a, a very timely walkover, or that players on the other side got injured or maybe you lost because you got injured. That doesn't mean you've gotten worse. It's just like the, the circumstances that uh, affect the result. However, it's really good to have that sort of goals, uh, but you need to have 
more than just result goals. So um, SMART goals, it's an acronym for specific mesh, mesh, mesh. Why do I have, why do I pick these hard words to pronounce? I'm really tired and uh, oh, it's a measurable. Yeah, that was okay. Acceptable, realistic, and uh, I don't know the ex I don't know the translation for the, this last one, but uh, time like you have to have a time frame. Maybe that's actually the word they use. Use. So if I were to say that I I want to to get stronger in my legs, for instance, then that's not really specific. Like I can measure it with just like yeah, can you do more in leg extension? more reps, more weight, yeah, okay, so you've gotten stronger in the legs. But it's not really specific. Um, I haven't put time for like, two, did it take five years to get stronger? Or did it take five days? Like, it's, we need to do something more. And, and in what exercises do we want to be stronger? Is it the squat, the deadlift, lunge, Bulgarian split squat, uh, Romanian deadlifts, hip thrust, like what, what is it we're really talking about here? Uh, so say that you choose the squat, okay? So I want to be stronger in the squat. Now that's actually specific and we can measure it because if you can do one more rep than previously or you can do even one gram more then you've actually gotten stronger. But we, we need to like set a goal and then create a plan for it. So maybe you say, I want to increase my squat with, uh, with five kilos in three months and that's good. Now we have something that we really can, you know, we can touch the goal. And um, this um, is really important just to uh, to actually know what we're working on and, and just to set a deadline on it. In, in badminton terms, it's, it's more difficult because um, if I want to improve, I have to improve in relation to myself, but in order to me, for me to actually realize I've gotten better, I need to, to be winning or doing things I haven't done before in, in matches. So it's, it's a lot more soft values, so to speak. Uh, because if I say I, I want to improve my badminton game, then that's not specific at all. Uh, how do I measure that? Um, so maybe it's... Uh, um, I want to improve my service situation so my my service is really bad like uh, whenever I serve it's uh, either in the net or it's so high that my opponents can can just uh, push it and uh, or do a really good uh, return and it's impossible for me to take it so that could be a problem you have playing the game um, so you need to measure it like because if you just have oh I, I serve a lot in, in the net and that's the that's the goal you want to you you want to stop serving in the net. But instead of uh, just measuring your improvements in the serve by oh yeah I didn't serve anything in the net so my serve has improved, but uh, instead every serve went over but it was so high over the net that your opponent just could just kill it instantly. Then yeah sure you've reached your goal of not serving in the net but your serve is so bad that it doesn't matter. It might be better to serve like 50% of your serves in the net if 50% are, are really good. 
So we need to be specific in, in that sense too. And, and you can measure that by, yeah, sure, serve less internet on average, but also um, actually being able to measure how um, like the return uh, that your opponents uh, do. Like, I don't know actually how to say, how to say it in English. Uh, but based on your opponent's uh, return of serve, like how often do you get a, an advantage of serving? How many times do they get an advantage of, advantage of you serving? Uh, how often do they uh, how often do they kill the, the, the shuttle right after you serve? And these are things that we need to take into consideration when you're saying I want to improve my service situation. And we know it instinctively. In, 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 like this is such a bad episode. I'm sorry about my English guys, it's so bad. Um, as you might have understood, it's not my first language. So, um, so that's that. But um, yeah, we know that uh, it's not an improvement if they can kill every serve, but we need to be specific about the goals so we actually can create a plan for the goals to, uh, um, you know, we, we need to have a frame in which uh, we can set the goals. So, um, yeah, that's that's about badminton, but we also need to talk about the SWOT analysis because it's um, it's a really important tool and I think it's, it's something that we forget to do often. We just get caught in the in the same loop of of doing the same things and uh, not being aware of how we are as players and athletes, both in the physical sense, but also like how tactical, how good are we tactically? Uh, how good are we as a badminton player? Uh, how good are we as an athlete uh, on average? Like um, uh, the last. Uh, episode was about uh, an athletic base so um, uh, yeah let's just talk about the SWOT analysis it's a it's a just a model or um, a tool which you use to um, to define your strength weaknesses opportunities and threats or pro problems can it also be um, and it's uh, it's something that we do just to to become aware of our own uh, strengths, weaknesses, so on. But we can also do it on other people. So um, I did this example in Swedish, which actually was really good. I didn't think of it before I I started talking. And uh, it's when a, a good coach is sitting behind a player in in a tournament. They are basically doing a SWOT analysis um, during the game because they know how the players are um, usually in general. But what is happening on that day? What is the SWOT analysis uh, in just that moment? So uh, say that Axelsson is um, like his smash is so good, but let's say he's he's got a bit of pain in his shoulder or something. He can't smash as hard as he used to, or he can't use this, this, the same angle. Uh, then that's a, a threat or a problem, um, and it, like that's something they do to solve the problem. Like how do we solve the problem of him not being able to smash full power? What do we do? So it's basically a tool for just. Um, 
become aware of what's happening on that day or in general. But we can apply it on the physical side. It, it can be like, okay, so I'm, my strength is I'm really strong in the legs. My weakness is that I'm not explosive. I can't jump high. I can't jump far. I'm just not fast. Okay, but I'm really strong in my legs, but I'm not fast. Okay. Opportunities might be, okay, so I have a lot of time to work out. And right now there's not a lot of competitions. So I can actually do a, a phase of building explosiveness. And then threats uh, and problems might be be that um, it's hard to recover as a badminton player. Like may maybe that's just the SWOT analysis on the physical side. But then we have a tactical side as well, and that might be uh, as a doubles player, you're really good at moving your opponents uh, when you're in defense, or you're good at finding the uh, how do you say um, in English? Um, you find holes, uh, so to speak. Uh, where you're supposed to place the shuttle to get an advantage. Like, say you, you have a really good tactical sense, uh, tactical aware awareness of your... When you're in defense, just to, to turn the game around and then you get the opportunity to attack. So that's a, um, a strength you have. But the weakness might be that you're really, you have a really bad smash. You can't put it, uh, put it away. Your opportunity might be um, that you're really good at... Um, just dropping and running forwards and, and uh, change um, um, front to back with your partner who's really good at the um, uh, the baseline play for, in a doubles player but it might also be an opportunity to actually improve your smash or improve other parts of your game from the uh, the, the backcourt and threats might be, uh, I don't actually remember what I said in Swedish, but there are, they might, there might be some problems. Like say that you ha actually have a permanent issue with your elbow, so you can't smash because of that. So yeah, um, and that's how you how you can look at it from a tactical point of view, and then you can also have um, uh, an athletic. Um, SWOT analysis like um, how you are at everything an athlete should be able to master which might be bad endurance really good explosiveness uh, you might have limited time or um, other good players in the club might uh, compete against you for playing time like there are a lot of, of different ways to, to look at it but you need to become aware of your strengths and weaknesses. And while you're at tournaments, like just um, look at uh, at your um, usual opponent. Do a SWOT analysis of, of every single one of them, because then you will get an advantage when you're playing them, because you know how they how they use how they usually play. You know their strengths, their weaknesses, and then you can apply like how you can can gain from that. Say you're playing against a guy who's really fast, but he's lacking a bit in shot quality. And you're a player who is the total opposite. Then you you will understand like how you're supposed to play against that type of player. And if you do that a lot, then you will actually gain a lot of tactical advantage and tactical awareness in every sense of it. Because you can just see... Uh, how a player is and what you and you know how to counter it with your own playing style 
so you can just adapt some small parts of your game in order to beat um, the players that you might usually lose to. And um, that's why SWOT analysis is really important for you to do, is become aware and, um, and do the best you can. And I can even go so far to say as if you were to take the, the because smart goals and SWOT analysis, they go hand in hand. Um, you might, um, you can do SWOT analysis and then set up some good goals or you can do, you can set up goals and then you can look at the SWOT analysis of it as well. Um, but you can do a SWOT analysis of just, of an ex exercise as well. Um, like say you're doing squats as an example uh, because I had uh, that as an example in the smart goals I want to improve uh, my squat by 5 kilos so you can do a, a, a SWOT analysis of your goal or of your squat so to speak so say that your squat is um, um, yeah what's your strength in doing a squat you have really good technique that might be a, a good um, strength to have. Your weakness is however that you can't do a lot of volume because your knees start to hurt. And an opportunity might be to, to actually solve the problem with um, with some other exercises or um, some knee sleeves or I, I don't know it, it might be um, uh, something else but you get an opportunity to actually uh, fix the problem or your weakness in in the squat and um, then you have threats or problems and that might be it could be time limited like um, you you don't have a lot of time to, to exercise which is a usual problem people have it's actually the most common problem in in all of exercise that time is limited uh, but it might also be that uh, like you have a, done surgery to your knee and uh, it always hurts and um, yeah but however like we can apply it to so many things and that's why I want to to talk about it and and just bring some awareness to it because it's not that hard to do one and it's really beneficial if you have done it and if you can continue to do it um, like I'm, I'm in the process of, of um, I don't know if you can say launch, but I've done it in Swedish, so I've um, I'm involved with a um, racket manufacturer or a, a brand, a badminton brand, which is called Sugiyama. And my mission in life, as of right now, is just to improve every every aspect of badminton. And since I've been like it was since I was a kid, I felt like there was so much missing, like training programs or um, um, just some free tools, free resources, whatever. And I've now created them. I've done it in Swedish. I've done some. I work. I've been working on it in English as well. But the website is in Swedish, sugiamabenton.com. Uh, it will be in English. Um, further on but for now it's in um, Swedish so I've uh, I've actually done the SWOT analysis and the smart goals for 
uh, badminton players and like how you can you, it's just uh, download them and you can do them on yourself it's um, it's with uh, some instructions as well so you don't have to listen to this podcast uh, to understand but um, until I get it done or fixed in in English as well just know that this podcast provides you with the basics of how you're supposed to do it and it's not that hard to google um, how you should how you can use the different models to your uh, for your purposes so with that being said I um, thanks so much for listening I've actually seen that a lot of like a lot of, <laughs> no but there's been some more popularity with the podcast so follow me on Instagram both on my private or private private uh, it's my personal trainer Instagram which is Robert underscore Johnson underscore PT um, as in personal trainer and you can also search for this podcast. I haven't done, um, I haven't started the, the Instagram account um, or being active on it, uh, rather. But it's just badminton science. Um, it also has a Swedish name, which is badminton vetenskap. So it's the same account. So thank you for listening to to this episode. I hope you will. Uh, or I rather hope you've learned something and uh, hopefully I will get your I will get the um, the English versions up as soon as possible anyways thank you for listening I will talk to you next week when I'll, I will talk about uh, some other tools that we can use in order to improve thanks for listening